right, well, we're back again. Um, and two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. And we, we might... Don't say 2020 ruined everything. Yeah, we might make a habit of this after all. Um, it's it's getting there. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, we're recording on Thursday uh, after Thursday Night Football. And uh, the, the Browns uh, held on to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Very uh, uh, uninteresting game, you know, but... Baker Mayfield, really? Baker Mayfield's back. Nick Chubb is a thing, and uh, I'm. S- I honestly thought that was one of the more interesting Thursday night football games that I have seen in a while. Yeah, it felt more like a battle instead of just one team getting destroyed by the other, which seems to be more and more of a yeah. thing lately in the NFL. It's yeah, like there's well, it's either. It's usually really flat and kind of boring or, you know, it just doesn't do anything. Well, and what's been great about this season so far is it seems that a couple teams have, like, realized that you actually can win games much easier if you throw the football. Um, True. And there's been this idea among coaches for a long time that if you you – you level out the playing field and just you know run and pass the ball at an equal rate you're going to win football games but if you look at the analytics of it you know passing the football actually gets you to score 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 more often and then uh win more football games which they're realizing which is they finally let russ cook and you know the seahawks laid it on who who are generally a a run first football team and they finally realize, Oh, we should give it to Russell Wilson. He's really good. He could probably win this game for us. And we're not going to win. I saw that article as well where they were talking about Russell Wilson is probably for the first time in his career in a pass first offense and how that's going to change everything. And I'm very excited to see that. I am too. Um, Except I don't have Russell Wilson in my fantasy team. Yes, I don't either, (laughs) but I did, but I did draft Aaron Rodgers in like the ninth round and it was really good it was the only league I mean the league that we're in together was the only league that I did that and I'm so glad because I was like I don't know like I had trade offers for him early on before the season and I was like I'll be fine with Jimmy Jimmy G and I was wrong and (laughs) usually Jimmy G has uh not shown up yet I mean week one no preseason it's hard to say well he's Everything is he literally everything's everything is everything is a question mark right now. Everything is a question mark right now because we only have like one reference point when normally we have at least three weeks decent reference point. So. Yeah. Well, he literally threw George Kittle into an injury. I don't know if you saw that part, but uh, like he overthrew George Kittle, who then extended to try to make the play and then hurt his knee. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's good to have football back. Um, Definitely. Who knows? Despite all the injuries, which have been who knows how long it'll last. Quite astounding. Yeah. I mean, I feel like what's what's pretty crazy is that like there's been so many injuries this season already of like key players that it's like coronavirus may not even be the number one issue. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. They seem to keep like bringing more and more fans back. Every week we're like, let's just bring some more in and see what happens. 
you know. Yeah, what happens is people are going to get the disease and it's going to suck. Yeah. And they should not be doing that. Yeah, exactly. But the NFL is literally the worst. So, like, of course, it's going to end in catastrophe. But. Yeah, I mean, no surprise there. But. Uh, At all. But, yeah, it's good to see Kevin Stefanski's offense, like, actually working the way I thought it would this year. And why I bought into Nick Chubb, even though Kareem Hunt is on the team and you shouldn't draft Nick Chubb because Kareem Hunt. But. If their offense is actually working the way it should be, uh, well, when they play the Cincinnati Bengals anyway, uh, you know, they yeah. both they just run the ball, and it doesn't matter, like, if Kareem Hunt gets two touchdowns as long as Nick Chubb does, too. But we'll see. Uh, my, my Joe Mixon shares are not as happy because it seems that Joe Burrow does not seem to throw it to him at all. And then they, no. they seem to only use... Giovanni Bernard and hurry up so and plus that offensive line is just trash so I don't even think you know I gotta I gotta sell him now before it gets worse or maybe I wait until before all of it for all of his value tanks yeah that's probably smart but I definitely think like um yeah I mean this I mean it's first year for Joe Burrow he's gonna win me you know he's gonna win a few here and there but it's not going to be pretty, um, you know. So I, he looks. You can tell he's got it. You can tell he's got what needs to be there for the NFL. It's just not fully established yet. Um, I just, I mean, I just really hope that he has a really great um, year and doesn't get injured and is able to kind of last. Yeah, I'm. I'm, so sure, we'll I'm see. sure he'll be fine. You know, or he'll flame out like Baker Mayfield. But, you know, then again, Baker was back today, so who knows? But it's it's good to be beyond week one, you know, narrative street where it's like, you know, Baker is, is over. Like, I don't know what all the other narratives were this week. You know, Aaron Rodgers is back, which I think is true. But, you know, Big Ben is back, which I don't think is true. And, you know... It'll be. It'll. Oh, you don't think Big Ben is a good quarterback? No, I would have taken that <laughs> if we would have done that Thielen Juju bet again. I would have taken the Thielen bet for sure. That's that's funny. That's funny. But they both got Juju has had a pretty good year so far. Like he really showed up on that game. Yeah, he he caught so. two touchdown passes. That's what happened. But he didn't like who had more. Do you know who had more targets in that game? No, I have no clue. Deontay Johnson, the the second wide receiver who was caught the most passes last year with, you know, racist uh what Rudolph Rudolph and, and, and Duck Hodges. So I was actually I was actually talking about that today when um Miles Garrett had that strip sack at the like one yard line. And I was like, Wait, wasn't he suspended indefinitely? Well, that just means it's. And I was like, that just means until the end of the year. I bet, I bet my friend, who's like a Cincinnati fan, was like, "He's not even supposed to fucking be there." <laughs> he probably lost his shit. All right. Well, here's like, here's here's my take on Miles Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett did nothing wrong. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> free Miles Garrett. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, look. If you go back and watch the tape, like he clearly, you can you can he, almost see his reaction. He totally you can see something triggered. Right, him. 
he totally said something that triggered him. Probably the N word. We don't know, but probably. Well, that's what he said. He said so. Like, and Miles Garrett seems to be like a really chill guy normally. Like, does yeah. isn't a dirty player. He's not Igdamikan Sue or anything like that. You know, normal. You know, pass rusher, but like calm guy. And then aggressive on the field, but yeah, not. But he keeps but it mo- level. For the most part, but then calm. you know, yeah, you know, Mason Rudolph probably calls him the N word, and you know, I. I, I can't I can't uh, fault him for that, and then you know the whole instigation with the helmet. He charged Mason Rudolph after he probably said the n word, and so then Mason Rudolph rips his helmet off and tries to beat him with it, which I, I think is an appropriate response. But you know then there's all this like double you know uh, this you know even if he said the n word you shouldn't do like come on like come on like just just stop it. Yeah, and that's like it. It's like it's it's victim blaming kind of stuff again. Where it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, well, it's you're already heated. It's pretty. And it's then pretty amazing. Someone calls you like the worst thing that they could call you. Yeah, and it's pretty amazing that like, uh, more of this doesn't happen normally on the football field. But you know, then you have shitty players like Mason Rudolph, and then you know, the the worst happens. But uh, I, I don't know. I just don't, you know, at least we have, you know, the rapist big band back and it's just, it's much better now. Uh, you know, we, we don't have, we have the the rapist, not the racist, but, uh, right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I like miles Garrett. I didn't think he did anything wrong. It was too ha- too harsh. No, of a punishment. Um, yeah. Well, I don't think it was too harsh because you definitely don't need to be hitting people over the head with a helmet true um so he, he definitely did needed some punishment i think you know it was like november it was pretty much the end of the season anyways like giving him a like you're done for the rest of the season get your shit together and then come back next year well, that's what... is a decent punishment um, yeah, i guess so but i think the indefinite was weird they should have been like we're going to suspend him pending investigation and then once the investigation does is done we will you know, then we'll, you know, place the proper suspension. Well, then what was shitty, um, then what was shitty about the whole thing afterwards, if I remember correctly, is Miles Garrett, like, told someone in confidence that he said it. He didn't want it to. Oh, yeah. He didn't want it to come out. And then they leaked out that that Mason Rudolph said the N word. And so that it looked like Miles Garrett was leaking it, which he wasn't. And so it just. But it, that's just, again, you know, generally race relations in this country are just fucked. And there's all these weird Trash. dynamics about it. And uh, that that might be a good segue into our, uh, <laughs> our next topic. Well, I was going to say, related to race relations, I did notice that the Bengals didn't have, uh, like, any of the badging or names or anything on any of their uniforms interesting towards the interesting i didn't notice that yeah because you know, like you know how a lot of them they have like the where the on the back of the helmet where the yeah, yeah. the team name usually is they've all had like like the slogan or they've had names i mean you know derrick henry showed up in a suit with all the names that was it, yeah. black with all the names on it which looked dope it's like as soon as i saw them cut to him like walking up this thing, 
like he, he was far enough away that I couldn't read it yet, but I knew immediately what it was. I was like, that's all the names of the victims. That's bomb yeah. shit. And Derek Henry caught a bunch of passes and ran around a bunch of routes this last weekend. So I'm super excited. Yeah. He's looking he's great. Great. Um, but the Bengals don't care about black people. So yeah, I, well, I have to look into that. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, that's crazy. But then again, is, is the standard of going with a, you know, a branded, I stand against racism, really, you know, stand against racism. I don't know. No, of course not. I mean, in half the, it's all half measures. Yeah. Yeah. It's like breast, PR it's stunts. like breast cancer awareness now. And it's like, that's not yeah. like, come on. We're all aware. We're all very aware of breast cancer now. Like where, what are you doing? And it's like, Oh, you're still well, trying now to raise awareness. For now a thing. We all know. Well, now it's going to be rainbow. Like now it's rainbow. It's not even, not everybody wears pink anymore. Then it's like a rainbow. I think it's, it's, it's October, right? I think it's October they do breast cancer awareness or cancer awareness. Something like that. And then in November, it's the veterans where it's all the military stuff. Yeah. And then breast December is the last season. I don't know. We'll see how long the stuff lasts. I mean, we can... But it's it's funny. We can do a whole episode on how much bullshit the Susan G. Komen is. Yeah, exactly. But it's... It is what it is. It's it's football. It's terrible, but it's also really enjoyable. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's that is what it is. But you know, I guess let's uh, let's move on to our our next topic, which uh, has to do with you know racist Republicans in general. But uh, there was this great Charlie clip or Charlie Kirk video that I watched this week, where he. <laughs> It's pretty amazing. He seems to be on cocaine or something similar. He is. And it's, I instantly thought cocaine, um, it's, I mean, it's hard to tell. The twitchiness is, is pretty high. It's, it's like almost a dead giveaway. Like if, if police actually arrested white people for circumstantial evidence, he would be arrested immediately. Yeah. Like, obviously, totally. you know, um, like, cause he, like, I'm not even a professional at this. I I mean, well, <laughs> not a professional at spotting other people on coke, but as a police officer should be. But like, I've seen it, and he's definitely on the influence of something. My guess is coke. Well, yeah. Let's uh, let's watch the clip and play the clip, and then we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more. For those of you that say, "Well, it really doesn't impact me. I don't care if Trump goes to prison." Well, first of all, you absolutely should care because if we lose, they're going to come after the churches. They're going to come after the organizations. They're going to come after the people. They're going to come after the social media accounts. They're going to come after the bank accounts. They're going to come after every single person that played any form and role into trying to defend President Trump. But social media banning, following in the streets, targeting in every form and fashion. If we lose, if the president loses, they will come for us all. They will come for your children. They will come for your schools. They will come in every fashion and they won't stop. This idea that the left is all of a sudden going to embrace the Christian ethic of forgiveness and moving on is so short-sighted. You read this article, I have it on charliekirk.com. It shows in such vivid detail that they are going to do whatever it takes to try to personally and intergenerationally destroy Donald Trump. That's how much they hate him. They hate him not because of his tweets, 
not because of his style. They hate him because now Gorsuch and Kavanaugh are on the Supreme Court. They hate him because the embassy is now in Jerusalem. They hate him because illegal immigration is going down. They hate him because middle class wages are going up. They hate him because China is now being held accountable. They hate him because we're out of TPP. NAFTA has been renegotiated. They hate him because all of their schemes have been put in jeopardy. All of the plans of the ruling class were obliterated by a man that they don't think should even be invited to a cocktail party, let alone become president of the United States. They're going to come with bloodthirsty revenge. So, yeah, that's really uh, I just, nuts. They're coming for us. They're I, going to get you. I absolutely love it. I think um, I can't decide what's my favorite part if it's where he leads off with they're going to come after the churches like my favorite part is when he says what? they're going to come after the children and they have <laughs> I mean, obviously that's a great part the, the bloodlust like they can't stop the blood now yeah that part and then when he said donald trump always says not me us i was like you mean bernie sanders like <laughs> well that's that's this whole like right-wing grift of of quote right-wing you know a populism which is just totally a grift has no material effects on working people at all it's just it's just a it's li it's literally a grift and this you know there's shows yeah. like rising and so on and so forth which at first glance are great for like uh you know the Bur following the birdie campaign which was nice but you know, now it's just like yeah the biden is is terrible and yeah, Trump is bad, He's but socialist. Like, it's just Marxists. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But we we have a whole section in our chat dedicated to grifts, and Charlie Kirk is one of the greatest grifters out there. He's he's definitely in the top five. Uh, I mean, look, we have to put together a list of who we think are the top grifters in. Oh in boy, society. that's. I mean, that'll have to be like that'll have to be like the end of the year episode where we do like. Um, a ranking of the best grifters. The grift special, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because happy grift. You got Dave Rubin. You got like all kinds of great guys. Merry Griftmas, yes. Merry Griftmas. We're doing it. All right, we're definitely doing <laughs> there it. There is Christmas. Merry Griftmas. I'm so excited for this. But yeah, it, Charlie Kirk seems to be on some kind of substance and is warning. He is definitely on coke or meth. I, I the the. The the twitchiness is what makes me think meth. The the lip thing makes me think coke, but like the like scratching the neck, it's either crack or meth. Yeah, I, it feels more like a crack or meth thing because yeah, for sure. Um, or so you know, some one of their you know prescriptions, uh, you know, cousins. But like, dude, that is not. There's no way that that is like. I mean. No, he's definitely he's I, definitely he's got, lost this is weight during you know the lockdown. You know, I don't. He looks so trash. Like that was the first thing I noticed when you when I looked at this link. I was just like, oh, he's just like, he hasn't showered in like two days. It's like he looks like a mess. He looks strung out. At the same time, like yeah, I look honestly for as much coke he's on obviously he's got a grift as much as he can because it's probably a very expensive habit for him well 
I mean, you could almost you could almost hear his nose being stuffed. But literally the amount, the but literally the amount of money that Charlie Kirk is making every day, like he could, he could fund a very highly functioning coke habit, like no problem. God, like if you fucking jealous. if you really look at like the the amount of money these people are taking in from the cokes and, you know, the the K O C H S, not the C O K E S. Exactly. Um, you know, Dave. I like. Yeah, I mean, it's just actually watching him do this. I'm just like, God, I miss drugs. I miss like doing drugs for fun with friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like the worst part of COVID, man. I'm not gonna go snort some powder after some random person at my nose. I don't want to catch this. Yeah, exactly. That would be the worst. If you're like, yeah. You got COVID from snorting coke. Yeah, I wonder if there's if if anyone's traced that back to coke parties. Probably, it'd be interesting. You'd have to go to another. There has to be. You'd have I to mean, go to another country which actually has effective, you know, contact tracing. But right, you know, we don't have that here. But like in another country, no. But oh my god, that was I like. I feel like I'm a better person for having seen this video, honestly. It's interesting, though, because what's what's the scary part of this, besides the hilarious part of this, is that he what they're trying to do is reach out to the Republican base and turn them out to stop Joe Biden because, you know, he's he's for Antifa and all this other terrible things. And that mm-hmm. that will boost turnout, which you know, in Biden's case is not, you know, advantageous. So I understand the tactics of it. I don't know if it'll work, but it did work last time. So I don't know, but yeah, I mean the, the thing that's so weird about the, and this isn't all Republicans, but it's a large portion of them, you know, like the, the sycophant mouth breathers that watch this Charlie, Charlie Kirk garbage and, like shake their head like yeah 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 it's it's like it, it doesn't matter what they they could i mean he's talking not it's utter nonsense and it'll work and i think that's what's like the scariest part like yeah donald trump is a problem this whole grift is a problem but i think what scares me the most isn't that they're doing it it's that there are people that are falling for it which is a perfect segue into our next segment which is uh you know what did i call it again the the karen the olympics, karen olympics which is a great the name. karen olympics Hashtag karen olympics i really like yes that. It's very so good. because donald trump has been undermining the pandemic and saying that all these things you know that covid really isn't a thing and like he doesn't really care it's a hoax, it's, a hoax. it's not, it's not real. real so we thought we'd share like a couple clips kyle hasn't seen these clips yet and we're gonna go through them one by one uh, play them for all you all, and then just get his reaction. And he's gonna he's gonna grade it on which clip he thinks is the craziest, and who wins the Karen Olympics this week. It is a little unfair because we have three contenders. Two of them are from the U.S. One of them's from Canada. Exactly. Or is at least is in Canada. I don't, no, she may not be. From she's Canada. from Canada. Um, I heard. Oh, really? Are I you, heard you being no stereotyping. No, she could she could be from either, <laughs> but we know it's in Canada. So like. If she's in Canada, she's probably Canadian just due to lockdown because you can't go to Canada. Uh, That's true. But you can get out of Canada. Probably, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but 
Yeah, probably. But anyway, let's uh, watch this first clip. Uh, I think it's in a fabric store in Canada. I'm here because I'm sick and tired of your second rules. All right, sweetheart. We don't like to. Do you think I want to wear? Yes, I do. Yes, I, I do, do not want to you wear. You are ashamed. I have to wear just like the rest of them. Why don't you people educate yourselves? You need some. How am I doing? My critic, you. You're really close. To are me. you afraid? You I, should run away. I don't like But you have you your are. super mask on. I'm trying to protect you. <laughs> I don't need protection from you. Oh, you just touched me. I oh, really wish no, you I touched you. You're, I, I'm going to get COVID. No, you're probably going to give it to me. <laughs> are you going to leave? Look at you. Are you going to leave the store? Are you going to leave the store? Are you going to leave the store? Okay, so I thought like this was a good way to start out because usually you see this shit in America, so it was nice to see it in a, in Canada for once because yeah. obviously the, we influenced them in some way. Um, but it, it was quite interesting. What are your thoughts on this one? It's this one is a little bit more disconcerting because like she although what she was saying was, you know, cuckoo pants bananas crazy. Like she she looks so kept together. You know, like in that and I think that's like a, a lot of these it's like you, you see them and it's and it's like if I saw them on the street I could be like, oh, that person has been put on Facebook for not wearing a mask and yelling at someone. Like, I could guess it. But, like, her, if I saw her on the street, I wouldn't guess that. Like, she just, she doesn't fit the bill, so to speak. Um, and, like, it, it's... No, like, she's she's stereotypically, she, like, white, upper-middle-class yeah. white woman. Like, it's Joe Biden demographic. And honestly, like... I think what makes me most upset is I really like the sweater she's wearing. And I'm just like, man, I like that cool collar it's got. It's, it's very nice. And she like gets right up in that girl's face. Yeah. And I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. How am I doing? Am I pretty cute? Exactly. All right. Well, since we started with Canada, let's move on to the next clip, which is a, uh, some anti-mask the opposite of canada florida, florida. <laughs> some anti-maskers in florida uh invade a target so we'll play that now All right, so that did they not like? Did they not get the memo that flash mobs are not cool anymore? <laughs> well, yeah, 
I want to figure out, I'm going to go full screen and see if I can figure out what that guy that has a shirt on that's Barack Obama wearing a red hat. Yeah, I did see that. Oh, I can't see what it says. So it's, a, it's, oh, he's moving. oh, it says Trump. It says yeah. Trump. So for people that are just listening uh, and haven't seen the clips, we'll, we'll include the clips in the show notes. But, uh, these, these, uh, it's a mob of, you know, probably 15 white people, including some children walking through it. Oh my God. Yeah. One of those kids is like 12 and he looks, maybe it's the blurriness of the camera, but he looks like he's carrying a mask, I think. <laughs> Well, they had to have masks to come into the store, so they probably all wore masks and then walked in and then did their protest. Uh, so it's, yeah, probably 12, 15 people walking through a Target without masks saying, you know, free yourselves. It's it's time. To... And it's a Target. Playing with, with a Bluetooth speaker playing We're Not Gonna Take yes. It, which is... Twisted Sister. It's, uh, it's a classic. Pretty great. Really, really enjoy that they're subverting that wonderful song yeah probably one of the best performances in a music video ever was the father and we're not gonna take it right <laughs> man this is classic florida yeah it 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 i think it it takes it up a little to another level i don't know what do you think i do i do have to say like my number one comment is the the guy with the barack obama shirt He's clearly like embarrassed to be a part of this group, but he's there. He's kind of looking around. He has this look on his face, like God. I hope she puts out after this, like that, like <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's. He's like, I'm only here for the trip. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of that thing when you're walking in a group and you're all different, like probably that kind of you know surrealness, you know. Anyway, but let's let's move to the third clip, which is uh, an interview of some Trump supporters. I don't know exactly where it is. I think it's in Georgia. And there are... I need a sip after that one for sure. Yeah, it says, uh, from Georgia at Evangelicals for Trump event 915. Yeah, so let's watch that now. When you hear uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, for example, who's on the Vice President's Health Commission uh, on COVID, say that by wearing a mask, you're helping to stop the spread. What do you think of that? He's a liar. And what? why is that? Because I don't believe in numbers. <laughs> I just... He's a liar. Why do you say that? Because I don't believe in numbers. What does that even mean? She probably meant to say, I don't believe in the numbers, but she said, I don't believe in numbers, which is way better. <laughs> Which is way, way And I'm better. probably giving her way too much credit, but... Uh, you might yeah. be, honestly. But, like, she doesn't believe in numbers. Like, that's... That's awesome. Like, that's, like... That's better than one plus two is four. Like, like yeah. you're beyond, you know... That's just one plus... That's so simple, but, like, you don't believe in numbers at all. Like, that's fascinating. I mean, they are made up. It is totally made up. You know, it's like... Sure. If if I handed you two objects, you know, like you can say, "Oh, I have, I can, I can physically see this this quantity of things," but just giving it this assigned number of two, and what that means, that's totally made up, and it's all built on this idea, you know. But but there is a physical thing where you can say, like, if it's it's hard to say because you can't 
I can't say it without using the actual numbers, but if you had like three people standing there, you could physically see three people standing there. Right. But you need a way to identify that. You need a word for that. So that's where numbers come from. But like, man, it's just. It's like another way to another language, like language in a way, right? Yeah. I do like, um, that reminds me, there was a, there was a meme that was going around for a while that was like, um, should we teach Arabic numbers to children in school? And people were like losing their fucking minds. Exactly. Not realizing, realizing that the alphabet and the numbers were based on Arabic numbers. Exactly. So it's just like, I just, I fucking love how stupid America is. I mean, I don't, it, it like sucks. It wouldn't be so bad if it was isolated to just like this 20% of idiots that they weren't affecting everything. But man, this kid at the beginning is really interesting. This like, it blows my mind that they can wrap their brain around being overly controlled by a piece of cloth over your face, but systematic destruction of an entire group of people, that's not control. You know, like... <laughs> well, also to these people, the earth was created in seven days. So like, it's... It's only 6,000 years old. Well, Ugh. six days, I'm sorry. Six days, seven days he rested. But... Yeah, on the seventh day he rested. Get know, it right. Exactly. Jesus. But this is this is this God. is the you know, this is what we're dealing with here. So it's not like it's uh you're going to have the most logical arguments from these people, but Yeah, and you know and I know this isn't true of most well, actually, I can't even say that. Well, we're talking about evangelicals Evan- here, and we're evangelicals specifically. They they are a specific class of religious zealots, Christian zealots. Let's be specific, Christian zealots. Of that, like, it honestly, and, and like, I've thought about this a few times, and it makes like it it, it has bugged me how much like my family has gotten on board with like Trumpism. Uh, but they're pretty much evangelicals. So it makes sense that they're so susceptible. It should make sense that they are susceptible to this kind of, um, you know, propaganda brainwashing because it's like, well, they, they already fell for this sort of simple ideology. So without, you know, taking the time to actually examine it or think about it, so of course it doesn't. It shouldn't surprise me that they fell hook, line, and sinker for Trump's rhetoric. You know, it's like, oh, I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I am. It's all because yeah. it's all. I think that they they actually believe what they say they believe, and they're truly Christians, and they truly think that you know you should be doing good things. But eh. but but this is this is what always. You know, this is what I talked about last week about separating the the sheep from the goats. Like, if it is all real, like that's that's what gives me hope. <laughs> nice. But anyway, so after watching all three of those clips, <sighs> yeah. Okay, so bronze, silver, and gold. All right, let's start with bronze. 
bronze, um, I'm going to give to the Florida people. Okay. Uh, just because it's Florida. What do you expect? Um, you know, they it's Florida. Like, the last video I saw of someone in Florida was a girl getting naked on top of her car with the police trying to pull her down. She started masturbating on top of the car. These people need to step it up. I'm not impressed. You got to do better than that, Florida. I'm going to give silver to the Canadian uh, because she was pretty good. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, we're talking millisecond difference here between first and second, and she was almost there, but I don't believe in numbers and you need oxygen to fight the virus. I think, uh, takes the cake that just, just took it one notch over and let's face it between America and Canada, America is going to get the cold every time. Yeah. You got to give it to America for sure. Unless it's like skiing, then obviously they're going to get it. Or curling. Or maple syrup eating. I don't know. I don't know what's in the Olympics anymore. Hockey. We didn't get the Olympics this year because of this shit. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's end things off on a little, a bit of a, a higher note. Uh, this week, the uh, Mandalorian trailer, season two, came out. So we're going to play that, or play it. A clip of it and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it so here we go Only the one whose safety deemed such destruction. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. You know this is no place for a child. Yeah, it's it was a little underwhelming to me, to be honest. Um, I think I think it'll be fine, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, it's it's like a teaser trailer. It's it it, it tickles my fans. You know? Yeah, for sure. It's not like a Dune trailer, but it's 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 okay. No. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm in for it. No, I am for. I mean, I was gonna watch it either way. 
<laughs> no, totally. I just, I just, I always, I think I made this joke when uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens came out, and I was like, they don't even need to show a fucking trailer. They just need to go, they just need to be like, it just needs to start off with like stars, and then it just needs to go Star Wars, and then the number seven, and then that's it. Like, hey, I don't need, you don't need a trailer. Well, <laughs> I, I'll push back on that a little bit because I think the Thanksgiving Day trailer for The Force Awakens is probably one of the best trailers ever made. Like, I mean, they have great trailers, but I'm saying that, like, if you need, you don't need to sell Star Wars. Star Wars is better than sex. This shit sells itself. Except Solo Bomb, but so Solo you, bombed at the box office. So there's something. Yeah. But that, but. I think we could argue that Solo might have been railroaded by like the fan base and like the the Rotten Tomatoes and just the negative press because it wasn't a bad movie. No, I, like it, I agree, it totally should have done well. Like it was very enjoyable as far as the Star Wars. Movie. I wouldn't say it's the best of them, but it's it's I would put it's it unique, middleish. You know. Well, let's let's get into that to close out because. Um, we discussed this last week. I think we wanted to talk about, and if if you're not ready, we'll cut this out. But like, uh, did you, you've reassessed your uh, list of Star Wars movies lately? Do you want to you want to do a countdown or what are you thinking? Oh boy! All right, here's here's my list of Star Wars films ranked. So I'm going to start out with, I guess that would be number eleven. Yeah, shit. It's 11 now because it's nine movies and two spinoffs. So number 11 right. would be uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones. Um, okay, you're going to reverse order. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Because I think as much, like there's a lot to, you know, as a kid, I like like part of this movie, but what really weighs this movie down is the love story. And mm-hmm. I have, there's a great edit of the film where they kind of fix it. And I could go into that at a later date. But I recently rewatched them all, and even the re-edit, it's still probably the weakest film in the in the series, because the third act is just not good. Especially the f- the face down, you know, the showdown with Count Dooku is really underwhelming, and then the Yoda fight is not. It was cool at the time, but it's really it hasn't aged well. Um, I understand its context, but it's not uh, really where it should be. All right, so number ten for me then is it's going to be surprising, but it's episode three, Revenge of the Sith, which most people th- really, which okay. most people think is the you know the best of the prequels, and it's good. It's good Star Wars. Basically, everything beyond this point is good Star Wars for me. But uh, like, and there's a lot of great. Um, elements and the whole the fall of the dark side makes a lot more sense now in context but uh i just felt like the again the third act and the big fight at the end is a little too much and uh kind of how they tie everything up at the end is just a little rushed and i just don't really like that as much so that's probably why it's lower but it's a good movie uh then i guess number number nine would be solo a star wars story uh great movie um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a good Star Wars movie, but 
you know, that for me, that's number nine. So that's kind of crazy. All right. Number. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I get it. Cause from it's, it's still a ranking and it has to fall somewhere. Exactly. And you're just, you're not saying that it's necessarily bad. You're just saying the, the next ones are just better. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. I totally get yeah. that. All right. Uh, number eight would be episode one, the Phantom Menace, which is my favorite prequel film. It's probably what really got me into star Wars, to be honest. And, uh, it's just a good star Wars movie. Like it's, it's weird and it's probably a little racist and, uh, you know, probably it is. And, but like, you know, besides the, the racist characters of, you know, the Asian Nimodians or Jar Jar Binks. Like, I really don't think Jar Jar Binks is that annoying. Um, like he's very annoying. Come on. I, you should, you should really rewatch it again. Cause I think, like he's, uh, but it's but he it's, really, so it's he's. I used to think that it's he, almost like it's it's a very well thought out character in that regard. Right, it's George Lucas's favorite character, if you ask him. But well, that's because he likes selling toys. But it's not even about toys. I think he just likes Jar Jar. Oh please! But literally, you know, he's really. I used to think that he would take him. He kind of stole all these scenes and ruined them. But like. He's there's really like maybe three scenes that are kind of bad, but for the rest it's you know, it's the ending. He's not useless. I will yeah I will give you that. Like he's not useless. Like he does, his involvement in the stuff that he does in them does help drive the story. I I guess my only issue with him more than anything is that he's kind of like uh, a MacGuffin almost in, in some ways. But again, you know as did you watch the uh, the Mandalorian uh, documentary series that came out, like, I don't know, in March? No. Okay, so... No, I haven't watched it yet. Watch it, but F- Filoni explains, and this is probably the reason why uh, uh, The Phantom Menace is higher on my list than it probably should be, but, like, hmm. the idea of uh, what he says, you know, and probably what Lucas says is what The Phantom Menace is about is Anakin losing his his father figure, which really seals his fate down the road because he loses his, his mother, but then his father figure who's going to guide him on the right direction. Who's Qui-Gon Jinn dies at the end of the, that's why it's called duel of the fates because it's literally like the fate of Anakin is sealed by Qui-Gon dying by Darth Maul in the Phantom Menace. And because Obi-Wan is ultimately inadequate to train Anakin the way he needs to be trained he ultimately falls to the dark side so it's just it's faded in that moment but I, I would I would highly recommend going back and and watching that series because it kind of they're all doing this like roundtable interview and Floney talks about the Phantom Menace and everybody's like whoa and then the, just the episode ends because they don't have anything else to say but that's <laughs> that's why it's that's why it's my favorite and I know we had a discussion that uh you know, the duel of the fates or the duel itself isn't really that good. Uh, it's it's fine. I think the choreography isn't as cool as it, we once thought it was, but it's still. I still feel like at least once you get to the those shield gates and Obi Wan is sitting there and all that stuff is really well done. Um, 
Oh, I think that no, I that whole fight sequence is so so good. Like I like I love that whole fight sequence. And I think like if if George had gotten his wish and kept Maul a secret and the dual lightsaber a secret. Cause that was a, that was he was like we're not putting this in the trailer we're not putting this in the trailer and then the first trailer they put out it's got him with the dual lightsaber. Oh. If if I would have seen that for the first time in theaters when I went and saw it, it probably would have it would have changed the whole experience of that movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's because like yeah when he just when that door opens and he does that with the two sabers it's just i mean it's it's mind-blowing it's it's awesome but the the problem is that we'd already seen it 50 times watching the trailer so it's like that's true um yeah i I, but i i feel but i feel like the the whole third act sequence is very comparable to return of the jedi like it it's just as effective as the 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 third act of return of well, obviously, Return of the Jedi is higher up on this list, and we'll get to it eventually. But like, it's the way that he cuts back to action. I think works pretty well um, at the end of it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, this is probably this is the movie that really got me into Star Wars. So it's always going to have a special place in my heart, and I can't, I can't just like, oh, it actually sucks, and like, no, it's it's part of you know like people like these terrible 80s movies that are really kind of bad but they were part of their you know they were fun and yes i can agree yeah and and again this list is not a uh what is the best like technically whatever it's for me what is a good star wars movie like that's what the list is it has nothing to do with which is what is a superior film like it's about what is a star wars movie like for me and the level of like uh, a kid like that kind of spirit which movie do I like the most so what feels yeah. most Star Wars to me so again then I guess would the, the uh, for seven would be Rogue One a Star Wars story which is a great film oh well, so that's what we're going to do we're going to fight yeah, we're going to fight this is what we're going to do it's going to get crazier <laughs> I put Rogue One. It's you got to wait for six. It's gonna it's gonna be off the chain, but uh, Rogue One is 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 a great movie. Uh, probably the best third act in Star Wars. Uh, oh my god, hands, hands down. down, best third act in Star Wars. Um, but I do think that the middle of the movie kind of drags a little bit, and it that like does it for me. But also, it's not like it also is not the part of star Wars that I like the most, which is obviously the force of the Jedi and all that destiny and all this bullshit. So it's fun. It's great. But like, I would probably put like the Mandalorian, like F rogue one would be ahead of the Mandalorian, but I probably put the Mandalorian kind of phantom menace, even down probably by solo, to be honest at this point, not where it's like, it could get beyond that, but right now, that's probably where it is for me. Okay, so Rogue One, seven. Number six, which this is probably the most blasphemous thing I'll ever do on this program, is Star Wars New Hope. <laughs> wow. 
Okay. Great movie. It's what started it all. It's the reason that, you know, we have all of this great stuff that we, we talk about all the time. And it's a good movie. It's a great, it's a great movie. It's not even like basically, you know, and I think there's probably movies beyond this that aren't great movies, but like this, uh, it's just, it's just a great movie. It's, it still works, you know, on all these levels. It's, it's, it's an awesome movie. But anyway, I'm going to move on to number five, which is The Force Awakens, uh, which is, you could argue, whatever a is is aping Star Wars. But I think it does it better in 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 ways that it, you know, it adds more interesting lore and stuff to the to the story itself. Like and and then again, what is Star Wars except, you know, basically aping everything else that George Lucas like, like Flash Gordon and Dune and, you know, the Karen Corsa. Yeah, exactly. All that stuff is just aped. So like, can we really blame the force awakens for doing the same thing? But like, no. it just, that movie just clicks and it runs and it, you know, it kicks and it, the whole time it's just a fun time. Like you watch it and you're like, this is just where I'm just having a good time. Like it's not, you, you can't, dislike the movie like i guess you can dislike it oh it's copying star wars but like it's not like i don't care like it's still really good so who you know i guess it's copying that formula but it's it's you know star wars doesn't have a lightsaber battle in the in a snowy forest at the end of the movie um so it's it's much more smaller stakes (laughs) anyway that's my number five my number four, which is probably the most controversial, is Rise of Skywalker. Um, I think that while its pacing is out of control and crazy, I think the high moments of the story are are well done, and I like how everything ended. Like I like there's okay. such yeah. there's 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 great highs to this movie, and as much as people would say this about you know the last jedi they say there's great highs and low lows like that's for me that's rise of skywalker it's like basically everything lando is in is is amazing like you know there's a couple moments like where where leia dies and poe is sitting there like what am i gonna do and you know he looks to lando and you know i'm paraphrasing but says like what did you guys do when you know how did did you do do it? it how and how are you prepared? Yeah, and he says we had each other, and you're just like fuck, you know, like that. But it's it's great. He's, he says like he I forget exactly, but he's like we weren't ready. Yeah, we just did what we had to right. do, and but we had each other, which yeah. I think is yeah. Which um, I'm pretty sure that JJ's copped that from somewhere else because JJ doesn't invent anything on well, his of own. Of course, but um, um, but I I can't place it, but I know I've heard that. We just we we didn't know we were ready. We just did it. Uh, but I think is it's not wrong because that's just when you're in the moment, you just have to you rise. Some people rise yeah. to it, and then that's fulfilled later on. You know, in at the, the the low part of the of the climax where he he's abandoned and everyone's dying, and then Lando comes in with the fleet at the end, and you know where Poe is like you know I guess guess it's not going to work this time and you know then lando comes in and he's like you know 
no, Poe, you're not alone. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. you know, it's fucking great. There was just, there were too many of them. And, and he I, says, there's more of us. I guess probably what makes the movie. I just watched work, it. <laughs> what makes, yeah, it's fun. But probably what makes the movie work the most, you know, I, the reason I don't hate it is because I don't mind the emperor coming back. Cause I've always viewed it as like, well, like Sauron is defeated and then comes back. Like, why can't the, the big bad, he is the phantom menace. Like, why can't he come back at the end? Like, yes, it would be nice to have yeah. like a hint of it in some of the other movies and the Snoke stuff still doesn't fully line up for me, but, uh, but it's just, it's just a good movie. Like, it's just fun. And I, I don't, disagree. I just, I think that's how you should, you should view it and just enjoy it for what it is instead of, you know, we're going to get into the, the last three, which are probably, you know, which are way, way better films. And, and I think Star Wars, it's, you know, Star Wars and probably The Force Awakens are better movies than, than Rise of Skywalker, but I still like it more. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then number number three is Return of the Jedi. Uh, I think that's what I did. Yep. Uh, it's. You know, everybody always says that this is like the weakest of of the original trilogy, and I've always, yeah. you know, I've I've believed that at certain points, but I actually think that with the context of the sequel trilogy, I think it makes Return of the Jedi better because I rewatched it again. I watched them all, you know, during the lockdown, and uh, Return of the Jedi is like there's there's um, a resolution to the problems, but then you know that things aren't going to go. Like, there's kind of this, like, sadness that's not even intended to be there, but it's there. Like, they've won the day, but it's not, it's not really won. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, you still have to rebuild. You still have it's to a victory. Clean up the it's dust. It's a victory, but it's not the, the final victory. And I think, like, you know, with Luke. So are you saying... Okay, no, I'll, I'll skip that. Okay. Okay, I, can't re- I didn't really have a full thought Okay, there. no problem. But <laughs> anyway, great movie. Uh, again, Lando kills in this movie. Basically, pound for pound, Lando is probably the best character. Well, hold on. You keep saying Lando, but you put Solo way down there in the bottom. So I think what you mean to say is Billy fucking D. Williams. Yeah, you're probably right, but I love I love uh, Donald Glover in in Solo too. But again, the movie's not about him, and he doesn't have that same kind of key moments that he does in these other movies. Uh, but I, uh, but yeah, I say Return of the Jedi, great movie. It actually, I would watch it again, and it'll have more of a context to it. Um, you know, I still think everything works great, but I think it's, there's just kind of this, this melancholy that I kind of felt about everything that they had won, but it wasn't going to be, it wasn't a, a, an enduring victory, which I think makes it better almost, uh, in a way, instead of just being like, Oh, we're just going to bookend it and end it like that. It's not the end actually makes it better to be honest for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like we, we won the day, and for a second, Luke gained his father back, but then he lost him in the end. You know, so there's, there's like, 
I mean, it ends with a with an actual pyre. It's a pyrrhic victory. Right. Exactly. And I think, like, and again, that's probably one of the things I don't. I'm going back to Rise of Skywalker, but like one of the things I don't like about that movie is that they kind of just ape that ending again, which they could have done a little better job of doing. Like, and it, and it's not. It's just like a couple just shots. Like, if you just get rid of those shots, it'd probably be fine. But uh, but anyway, I'm moving on. Number two, again, probably the second most controversial thing I'll say in this list is Empire Strikes Back. Great movie. Great Star Wars movie. Up until... I did expect that to be your number one. Up, I really, truly up did. Up until 2017, it was the best Star Wars movie, in my opinion. Uh, you wow. Know, great, 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 great pathos. Great, like... The hottest of takes. The, the greatest... Uh, you know, it's 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 awesome, great movie. You know, the Leia Leia Han stuff is a little iffy now, but it's still fine. Um, but good movie. Uh, the duel at the end is probably the best duel in Star Wars. Uh, but it just and I watched them all again recently, and it doesn't come close to my number one, which is the Last Jedi. It is the best Star Wars movie in my in my opinion. Uh, it has no flaws. <laughs> it is. It had no flaws. It is, perf- it is perfect, and I will not hear otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're entitled to your shitty opinion. Of course, of course, I am. Just kidding. But no, uh, it's well, I, just. I, I figured. I thought it was going to be. Flash Jedi and then Empire. I am very surprised by this turn of events. It was for a while, but Last Jedi just still sticks with me. It's like, it's the best Star Wars movie. Like what Star Wars is for me, like that's what that's what Last Jedi is and almost fulfills, but goes beyond in some ways. Like the the whole the again what was so it was so much again when you saw it the first time, but like what what made it work for me the first time I watched it was Luke and just how good that was you know how good his character was executed and everything I know everybody you know half of the fandom hated it but like it was it was so Luke and it was just I I mean I don't know if it was so Luke but it was definitely so Mark Hamill well <laughs> which is you, funny cuz he like he lamented how much like he hated at first, how much he hated how they took him. Right. But I'm like, as I'm watching, I'm like, but, like, Mark, this is totally your, like, whole attitude and shtick towards things. Exactly. Now. I Like, I, I can't help but not think that Ryan Johnson didn't look at his fucking Twitter feed and go, oh, I'm going to make him sardonic as fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it, it, it was wonderful. And, like, he makes a mistake. He actually goes through an arc. Like, he doesn't just come back and, like, save the day, which is what everybody wanted. And we didn't need that. Like, we just really didn't because, number one, it would have undermined the entire, all the new characters. Like, that was... Well, we definitely... Wait, no, he definitely needed to come back and save the day. We can't have... But he did in the end. He did come back and save the day. We can't have the little girl saving the day. (laughs) Exactly. But Ray is great in the movie. Kylo Ren is is awesome in the movie he got better he got way, way better in the way better one, in the second sure. one um but uh so 
I watched it the first time. Loved Kylo, uh, Luke, and, and Ray. Awesome stuff. Watched it the second time. Rose and Finn, like, super, everybody hates this part. Super pop for me. And, like, Rose Tico is one of my favorite Star Wars characters at this point. Like, she's the heart of the movie. Yes, it's, yes, it's cheesy at the end when, you know, she kisses controversial but, like no i will defend rose to the end of the end of time and that's why rise of skywalker is lower on the list because jj totally like sidelined rose and he shouldn't have you know she should have been on you know the adventure with them in some way or explained or given more more fucking lines instead of fucking what's his face Do- like Do- two or three lines of Dominic shit. Yeah. I, like, I will say this in in this it's kind of interesting that you brought that up and I just thought about it as soon as you mentioned it. Um, in The Force Awakens, you know, like Finn is sort of, he's hinted at it being sort of force sensitive for sure. Um, and somewhat, you know, somewhat involved in stuff. And then he basically gets sidelined in episode eight, The Last Jedi by Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm who introduces Rose Tico. I wonder if JJ was just being like a petty little bitch and being like, you sideline my character, I'll fucking sideline your character. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess so. And I think that's your, your best argument against the movie is, is that it sidelines Finn to a certain extent. And I, I agree to that, but in, you know, that's what Boega said in recent interviews as well. But I do like yeah. how, how Finn's character evolves in that movie and kind of like because at the end of the force awakens he's not necessarily you know joining the resistance he's he went to go save ray and he's transcending that to to become a resistance fighter at the end of i mean yeah whatever rationalization you need to make sense of your terrible opinion go for no, it I'll, I'll, I'll i'll oblige myself <laughs> to that no, no problem you're like this sword i shall fall upon but anyway, anyway that's, that that that's very interesting. I honestly am very surprised. I thought for sure Empire was going to be your number one. Um, I I I was like for sure I was your one and two were going to be Last Jedi and Empire. I didn't think it was going to be switched like that, but that is that's, that's and it's pretty not good. even close anymore. It used to be way close, and now it's not. Like it's oh, up. so it's like yeah, Last Jedi is like really far up there. Yeah, huh? definitely. Damn. Like every time I watch the movie, it's like this is fucking great. Like I just, it's 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 one of my favorite movies of all time. It's not the 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 best movie of all time in my opinion, but it's it's up there. It's it's in the top five for sure. Well, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, Anyway, I don't know if you want to give your list or you want to wait till the next episode to do list, but uh, um, it it's up to you. I I can totally. I mean, I could do a list every week of this because I could probably come up with a different list <laughs> of different reasons why they're in a different order. Well, I could. Um, I, could I, I have two lists right off the bat that I can Let's give. do that. Okay, so my first list is very quick and easy. And it's, I'm going to do it actually in best going down. And it's number one, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Okay. Number two, Every other film. 
<laughs> I, I respect that. I totally respect that. That's that's the quick and that's the quick and dirty. Because <laughs> there's there's literally, uh, you know, I feel like in the there, fandom there's and that's as with the Disney Star Wars mo- movies there's people that like the Last Jedi and then there's people that like Rogue One. And maybe people that like. And Force I feel like you could do your list. Your list would basically be the same thing of number one, the Last Jedi. Number two, all the rest of them, because it's kind of. I mean, that's because that's. I, I thought of that while you were in the middle of talking about when you were like talking about. I really like this film, but it's just there's other ones that I like better, and I'm like, well, I kind of like them all evenly, except for Rogue One. I just like a lot better than all mm-hmm. of them. So I was like, that's that's like my that's one version of my list. Um, I would say my. Oh, what were you gonna say? What were you saying about the about? You're saying something about the fan base, but I guess oh, that, that, that I over talked to you. There were so. people, you know. Usually, if you talk about Disney Star Wars, uh, people either fall in the Last Jedi camp or they fall into the Rogue One camp as their favorite movie. Uh, there might really okay. Oh yeah, I guess yeah, I can see that. Not as their favorite movie of all time, but like of the Disney Star Wars movies. They're not as extreme as we are, but like, like, what's the best Disney Star Wars movie? Rogue One, Last Jedi. It'll be one of those two movies. I think there might be some Force Awakens uh, people, I mean, but I think yeah, and there's some solo people too. That's true. I've met those people. Yeah. So my my actual list that I came up with for today is, and I did this ranking basically based on. This is strictly based on rewatchability in my mind. That's a good metric of of how often I would want to rewatch this film. And there is one of them in here that I put. It's same thing with you, where I had to put a little bit lower just because the other ones kind of rise above it. Um, so we're going to start with number eleven. Is Attack of the Clones? Um, I did. And number, I'm going to say 11 is Attack of the Clones and 10 is Phantom Menace. And I, I kind of went back and forth on this um, because Phantom Menace is so slow and boring. There's so much that could have been cut out of that film. There's so much that, you know, but it is just, but there is some intrigue in there. You know, like I know that the, the whole and trade embargo and all this stuff is it's very slow and kind of boring but there is some interesting world building about that that i do kind of like and yeah it's it's probably um, one of the more unique star wars movies where it actually expanded things instead of just yeah and so that that just kind of that kind of notched it just a bit above attack of the clones but number 11 definitely attack of the clones like you said, the love story is just it's bad, man. nails on a chalkboard. It's, it's so bad. I've, I mean, just from the out of the gate, when he's just so awkward and uncomfortable, and just like hashtag not my Anakin. The best, like, the best <laughs> apology I've ever heard for Attack of the Clones, or the justification for that, is that she's a young, um, young queen. That has been queen since she's been like 12 or 13 12 and has been in public service since then so she's had no personal life up until this point and right and And he's he's been trained by a bunch of monks yeah celibate monks but the thing 
Right, but at the same time, like, it's really weird because they're like, oh, he's going to steal the speeder. He's got all this swag. But then when he meets her, he's just this awkward goof. And it's like, well. And then, you know, he has these scenes where he's like, Obi-Wan Kenobi won't let me be. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. It's like he just becomes like kind of a petulant brat. And it's like, it, it was just kind of all over the place. And this And this goes for all of the prequels. And that's why basically it's Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, and then Revenge of the Sith. And from my bottom of the barrel um i could definitely rewatch them but it's like if i had a choice between them and the other ones i'm gonna just say no um that being said revenge of the sith is going to be higher than the other two because um there's there's a few reasons um you know that the, the battle sequences are great um the rapport between Anakin and um, Obi-Wan is so fun. Mm-hmm. And General General Grievous is one of the most badass characters, I think, ever, even though he was so, like, nerfed. Um, just, his, just his character design and the split arms and he keeps all the light... Like, that's so fucking cool. Like every time I see him do the arm split, it's, I'm just like, man, that is just so cool. And I just hate that they had to nerf him because he was so powerful, Mm -hmm. but whatever. Uh, number eight is going to be, and this is the one that is kind of controversial. It's going to be solo. Um, so it was a super fun film and I could easily rewatch it a lot. Um, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, like, if it wasn't a Star Wars film, I would, I would still really enjoy it. You know, it's just, it's just a fun little romping stuff, and it's it's great. And I think um, one of the things that I liked, it's, I will say this: Ron Howard is a master. I don't know how, based on the stories that they were talking about, what was going on on the filming of that, and he pulled out what he pulled out no totally give him something give him i mean i hope he got paid like a big check or something because he deserves it because it was really well executed and i'm sad that i didn't go see it in theaters and i i totally fell for the um actually wait i saw it in theaters don't listen to me i did see it in theaters um but yeah i i'm sad that everyone fell for the yeah negative PR campaign because it was super fun. And I, I'm like, man, give Ron Howard more star Wars films. Like he did a great job with it. I think he captured, he did a great job of capturing what was so great about the original trilogy um, without just copying the whole thing. Also you know? that movie is like beautifully shot. Like, Oh the, yeah. The projections in a lot of theaters were terrible. But like, if you got to an arc light or something, you really got a really good projection. It was, it was like all those blues at the beginning were great. Yeah, and I will say the um, tie this into Mandalorian discussion stuff as well. One of the very first earliest uses of the LED screen projection for um, virtual production and live like lighting. Um, so cool. Like when they have those close-ups of them and you can see like the, the stars like flashing through their yeah. eyes, you know, like that's, 
that's such a nice touch that just like and and i think that was that's like one of those things where you don't even necessarily register it but like it, it it's somewhere in your head like it 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 makes everything make more sense so i, I really like that i thought it was cool great film super enjoyable only problem is there's so many other films that i would just much rather watch more mm-hmm. the next one is going to be <laughs> you're going to hate this so number seven is the last jedi <laughs> no that's fine um i don't hate the film it is it is rewatchable um my my biggest issue with the last jedi is what they did to my boy finn like just out of the gate he just gets stuck doing the same loop that he did in the force awakens and it and it just drives me bonkers and i hate it (laughs) um and while kylo ren is way better in this one the whole back and forth between them thing i was just kind of like well whatever they did kind of tie it together in rise of skywalker which i thought was pretty cool how they did that but you know i know that they just make all this shit up for the see their pants now so i'm not like that impressed what's what's, so. what's wrong with that i don't like everyone's like yeah they should have planned it out i'm like yeah and probably going back between directors had some dissonance when you didn't have but yeah but like the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy were made that way like stop pretending that they weren't like right oh no i definitely like, know they Luke, were I, I without like, a doubt the, the not even the original trilogy the original film was made up at the seat of his pants like right. 90% of it wasn't even made on set. It was made by his, wife. Um, his yeah. wife when she edited it. Yeah. So, yeah. Fuck George Lucas. He's a terrible monster for putting this disgusting, amazing story in front of us. Exactly. <laughs> it's all right. ruined film forever. All right. All right. So number six. <laughs> so number six is going to be A New Hope. Oh, shit. That's the same as me. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty funny. That's very surprising. Um, I probably could have put this one higher, but it, the other ones just kind of do eclipse it. Um, and surprising, like what's funny is six, five, and four are New Hope, Empire, and Jedi in that order. And I'm going to explain why, um, just rewatchability wise, that's just kind of how they fall in my head. Like, New Hope is great because it's the first one. Of course. But there's, you know, there's, like, there's gaps in it. There's there's parts about it that it's, like, just not as fun and enjoyable as Empire's got, like, such an interesting story. You know, we get introduced to Yoda. Hoth is cool at the beginning. I thought they smelled worse on the outside. You know, like, there's so much great stuff in there. Love every minute of it. Except for the um, asteroid sequence when they're just hanging out for a hot, that drags out a little bit long, but that's, that's okay. true. And Luke and Dagobah does a little bit too. Yeah, I mean Luke and Dagobah draws, drags out, but there's there's more point to that other than just eating space. No, because we, no, basically everything you know, we, we know about some... the Force is in those scenes, basically. Yeah, exactly. 
so we they finally explain a lot of things so it's pretty important and then i put return of the jedi higher because the it, it's just super fun it's it's so fun to watch and like i know they give shit to them all the time but i love the ewoks i mean this that film came out in 83 i was one years old like when i finally was watching it like of course the ewoks spoke to me like yeah. they were perfectly made for my age group and I, I thought they were great. I still love them. I still love this whole thing where, like, they're on the ropes. They think they're not going to win. And then the Ewoks show up and they turn. And, like, it's just, it's the whole battle sequence in Indoor is, it's so fun. It, it gives me a very, um, it, it almost has that, like, Goonies vibe about oh, totally. it. Where it's just, like, like, serious stuff is happening. It's important. But it's still fun and enjoyable in the moment, which is great. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a great film. So much fun. My next one is going to be Rise of Skywalker. This is your number two, then, if I'm correct. That's my number three, is Rise oh, of Skywalker. Of yes. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker is number three. Um, I really enjoy that film. I could, I could watch that quite a bit. Um, it, it, it does a really fun job of telling the story that it's trying to tell. Um, it fits very well with my number two, which is the force awakens. I agree. Um, they, they, they book into, into each other very well. And I think it, it is tough for the sequel trilogy because things get kind of lost. It kind of meanders through the plot along the way. And I think that definitely is this, the problem between going back and forth between directors mm-hmm. um and i wish that those three would have had a more at least somewhat cogent path um I, I, but independently of one another i can still enjoy them but if they're meant to be continuations of each other it does bug me that they get so disjointed yeah, um, I, I don't I don't feel that they're as disjointed as I think a lot of people seem to make them out to be. Like I don't I don't yeah. I don't buy into the narrative that JJ is just trying to fuck with Ryan. And maybe he is, but like No, I made that I totally no, I know, just made but, that up. But like, that's been I'm not saying you're saying that's just been said, but like it's he's not really erasing anything. He's just he, he continues on the force, the whole force connection thing. He expands upon it. Um, yeah. Like pays off Raylo to a certain extent, but the Raylos hate it. And he, <laughs> which is hilarious. And like the Palpatine thing, I think like maybe how it, I actually, I actually like that. I think if twist, I like it's that. Another, it's another twist. Because... And it's not like, Oh, what we said in the last movie is, is wrong. It's more of like what Ray wanted to know in that moment in the last Jedi was who, why do I have yeah. these powers? Why am this? And she didn't, that's the one thing she wanted to hear. So of course that's not what they're going to tell her. And yeah. And so when she's finally, well, at the same time, I, th- I think there was also, there was a hint of it in um, rise of Skywalker that Kylo also didn't no, know. I don't, he, he didn't. Was, he didn't know was, at all. Yeah. So, he just read. It was even masked from what, him that he thought that they were nobody. So he was being honest. Right. He, as far as he knew, right. he had 
he was he being had read her mind. That's all he knew. So, like, he had he had gone into her mind and she had gone into his, and so she he knew those things. And if you watch that scene, he's just being a dick and being like, no, because he knows what she, he's she trying. Know, to, he knows what her deepest yeah. darkest uh, thoughts are that her parents are nobodies and filthy junk traders, and that's her deepest fear. So that's what he says to her because he wants to. You know, he wants to neg, you know, force her into joining him. Neg. That's actually told, good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Sith are just, um, and I think, I think why people have such <laughs> dissonance. No, this, you know what? This, this makes everything, I think you, your theory that you just accidentally stumbled upon makes everything make perfect sense with like how toxic the fan base is. Oh, especially yeah. like Kylo the, is a representation like, of that for sure the fucking incel like red pill assholes that hate the sequel trilogy because there's this you know girl who's saving the day and they're just like well women can't be in power blah 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 like you just know that like the sith basically are the pickup artists they're they're trying to neg everyone into falling in as their like subordinate that will do whatever they want no of course you, you nailed it. But I, you nailed it on but accident. I, I, of course, that's how I work. But of, uh, the, I think what's what's most interesting about that scene, and what I think why there's such dissonance with people where they're like, she should have joined him, and then it would have been good, right? But it's like this is the first time we've had a call to join me where it made sense, like it was compelling. Whereas you know, yeah, episode two you have. Dooku talking to Obi-Wan, join me, Obi-Wan, you know, you're like, oh, whatever. Like, of course, he's bad. I mean, and that's actually, actually, that one is way better because he, he lays no, it he out. he does lay it out for him. But it's, but again, maybe execution is not as compelling. So you're like, of course, Obi- at this point, well, we can, we can talk about that later. I'm, I'm still not even done with my list yeah. yet. Go um, ahead. Keep, keep going. But I'll, like, I'll, I'll throw it after. yeah, I mean, I, I like, Right, I like Rise of Skywalker. It's fun. Force Awakens, though, number two. It's just it. It was. It's just such a fun movie. I could rewatch it so much. No, I agree. Um, and it's and I know it. It's I probably could have put New Hope right before it because it's basically a copy of the film, but it's so well executed. You know, JJ does a great job of doing this like. Spielbergian like Definitely. fun romp with like you know it's there's consequences they're not too strong but like it's just it's just such a fun film having Han Solo back Han and Chewie talking back and forth like when he I mean just for the line alone where he, where he shoot well there's two parts with Han that I love when he shoots the the crossbow and he's just like whoa yeah, exactly. That's fucking powerful. Like that's great. And then the line when he goes, "Oh, you're cold." Like it. Like so good. And I. This may be super controversial. I think Han died exactly the way Han should die. Like I agree. It was. It was so compelling, so important, so gut wrenching. And it actually pays and off. It's worth something in the end. It does pay off. Even if it even if it didn't pay off in Rise of Skywalker, I would still think that that was 
out of out of the three deaths of the like super important people that we love and watching them die crushed a part of our souls his was the most compelling for me because I, I do appreciate Luke's sacrifice. I think his his was, but it easily but Luke second, is very but Luke close. Is transitioning into another plane of existence beyond, yeah, like a Nirvana state, in in a way where like he lives on, yeah, becoming one with the Force. So it's, and I guess Leia does that too. But I think for me in Rise of Skywalker, like that that Leia that scene, like it had a metatextual. Uh, level to it i think that hit in a certain way which i thought was well done yeah like the tie-in with her son and like holding on and then because he finally came back to the light side like she was able to let go and become like there's a lot of stuff that goes on with that that i really appreciate and i'm sure like if i had a kid i probably would have fucking melted onto the floor but i don't have a kid i just have puppies and kittens that's that's the best that's the (laughs) best part of rise of skywalker i'm going back to it again but i'll just say this quickly is the best part of rise of skywalker is that it fulfills leia's character and that is the strongest the strongest part of it in my opinion is that it perhaps does that the 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 argument i will say against that is that i don't think that necessarily that leia needed any fulfillment she was just this badass bitch that would fuck shit up. And I thought that, I think that's all she needed. She didn't need any. I guess my, my, yes, I agree with that. But my counter argument would be, is that she is just as equal a Skywalker as Luke is. She is the descendant of Anakin Skywalker. And otherwise, you know, you, you have to fall into this trap of, Oh, Lucas didn't know that she was Luke's sister until, you know, return of the Jedi, which is true. I mean, he did make out with her like three and he totally and he totally he totally <laughs> undermines her character in Return of the Jedi, where she's just basically, you know, she doesn't do anything in that movie. She's just kind of a love. And she's just at there. Point. She does get subverted, yeah. but she, I mean, she does. You know, she saves some stuff. She does some good stuff in that yeah. too. She's not she, as quite as badass as the first two, but but I think that was also that could have been somewhat intentional because she the ideas that she had been sort of softened by her love for Han Solo, which, you know, like he finally like got through that barrier and she got through his, you know, like that's yeah, kind of I the, guess so, but I, I still, but at the same time it's sexist to be yeah. like, well, a woman, yeah. can just, a just man went yeah, over so this. Sure. Yeah. And it's, but I'm doing this in context of when the movie came out that in 1983 context of that, then it kind of fits with that. But, ethos that but i time, guess but... as much as as return of the jedi undermines her character you know last jedi to a certain extent but also but mostly the for uh but mostly rise of skywalker fulfills her character of that uh line of yoda and empire where he says there is another and you're like who is that no. and it it still pays off because she has an equal part in destroying the emperor now uh yeah and i, I did also really like that the, the I wish we could have got more of it. I know this is what all anyone ever really wanted from the sequels was, was that, but that scene of Luke and Leia training together as short as it is like that fulfilled a thing that I needed. I agree. Which brings me of course to my number one pick rogue one. 
the best Star Wars movie ever made, <laughs> hands down, undeniable. Not only could I rewatch it, I could you could put it on loop, and I would just sit there, and there I would just I would be drawn to. It. I wouldn't be able to get anything done. I would just be drawn to it. The movie is fucking beautiful. Yeah. The production values alone, like Gareth Edwards gets a blank check from me. Any movie he does, I'm gonna go see because he, it, like, it's the same thing as Denis Villeneuve. He just nailed the look and feel scale. of it, but like the scale. But he updated it in such a way that like. It was like he took all of the grittiness of the original trilogy and encapsulated that without going quite like like Phantom Menace did and not quite the like not trying as hard as like the sequel trilogy did. Like he just he just nailed that look and feel of it so perfectly. And like every character is so interesting and so deep. And that's there's not a single wasted moment in that film. I know you said that you didn't like the middle sequence because it drags, but like it's it it doesn't for me. Like it totally works no, for me. And the, I I love that there's like a whole heist sequence. And I thing and I do end. love that. It I do love that moment just... after they get off at of Edo and uh, she she confronts uh, Cassian about trying to kill her father. I thought that that scene is great. Yeah. So like, yeah, his like his. Cassian is like that's what I'm saying every character even some of the side characters no, that like great. they barely give any mention yeah. to there's so there's so much depth and interesting there's so many little easter eggs that Gareth throws in there like um Blue Squad because in the original movie it was supposed to be Red Squad and Blue Squad but because of the blue screens they couldn't put mm-hmm. blue in there so it became Gold Squad so he puts Blue Squad in in this sequence and they get completely wiped out that's why they're not in the mm-hmm. next movies like he threw all this stuff in there that was like it's like Easter eggs, but not Easter eggs in the way that like JJ Abrams slapped you in the face with it. Yeah. (laughs) Like it was like these subtle things that he did that were just there. The only one for me that really, uh, is slaps you in the face in rogue one is Ponda Baba and Dr. Evazan. But otherwise, yeah, they're much subtler and, and better executed. I think like, especially like, uh, you know, in the force awakens, like the, the remote and, the degeric table like it's just like come on guys like i love i love yeah. that the millennium falcon is in the sequels i think it it would be nice if it was in the original in the in the prequels as well because i think it would be a nice thing to tie it all together but um they well no the thing that ties it all together is c3po and r2 right. true they're the main characters of the not the skywalkers it's c3po and Fair r2 enough. um um the other thing about Rogue One that I love is um, that uh, Graham Off Tarkin looks just as fake in CG as he does in real life. Exactly. <laughs> um, the, the Leia sequence looked kind of funky, but I wasn't mad at it. Um, the, the fact that they all die, um, they some of them die like very noble deaths the the pilot just gets just like a grenade gets in there and he's gone and it's like it, like some i know some people get like were mad at that they were like but his his death was pointless it serves no purpose and i was like 
that's fucking war, bro. Yeah, like you watch the Dirty Dozen. You know how many like, people, that's like, how... like how many how many people just died in Afghanistan like right now because of a fucking IED like that didn't matter at all. Like there was no point to it. It wasn't. They didn't even. It's been there for three years. They didn't even fucking know about. It. They didn't even remember it was there. They just blew them up. Like that shit no, happens. I, I, and it's. I and recently it's like, watched the Dirty Dozen. Like I think I'd seen parts of it before, but I hadn't seen the whole thing. So I watched it all. Right. And I was kind of disappointed that they didn't all die at the end. I uh-huh. like, you know, John Brown is 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 running and gets shot and dies, and then they get, you know, Charles Bronson and Lee Marvin get away at the end, and it's just like, like it'd be better if they 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 all died and but they got the mission done. But it is what it is. Great yeah. movie. Also, you know, Rogue One totally apes it, but like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but uh, that's what Star Wars does is it apes what came before it and exactly. just you know, but Rogue One so good and of course the best fucking sequence in any Star Wars film, TV show, cartoon, maybe comic books is Darth Vader just whooping ass just handing out beatdowns and and of course the the joke i always love is how over dramatic he was where he's like standing there in the dark and he turns like he's obviously has to turn off the lights on his breathing apparatus as well because there's no lights on it <laughs> just to turn the lightsaber on just to fuck with these guys but man that sequence i mean even just like where they introduce Darth Vader and you think, oh, this is a fun cameo. I'm glad they threw him in for a hot minute. And then at the end when, you know, they find, they tie in getting the signal to Leia, but just seeing him be this just destroyer that we've heard so much about because we've never seen it before. We've only been told Mm -hmm. about it. Well, I think what's so fascinating about it for me is that it's a total downer. Like, at that point in the movie, the two heroes of the film have died in a nuclear explosion, basically. And then it pans up yeah. to the ship going to to the, to the other ship, and it's, and it's Darth Vader. And you're like, it's everyone being killed in a corridor, but it brings you back up in a joyous moment of just absolute yeah. death and destruction but it works well the, it works as a way to pick you back up from everyone just died. it works and and do you want to know why it works why because leia has the plans for the death star which gives them a new hope exactly it's 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 poetry exactly. it rhymes and it's i great. think and i think it's that's so how good. we should end yeah today because well, what did you want? Do you want? It should be, but I do have to mention that the sequences of them shooting the Death Star and like the consequent explosions, especially the one on Jeddah, is oh, amazing. Just so great, like so great, and just like the the. I love this idea that they were like not enough to destroy the planet, just enough to really fuck it up, just because like, it's like we've. And I, I know Gareth sat there and he was like, well, we've seen him just blow planets up. That's not fun. What can we do that's a little bit more interesting? What if you do like 10% power and it just destroys like a third of the planet? It's like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> exactly. 
I love that. That's dope. Then you can blame um, it on a mining accident. Yeah, because and, and then you can hide that the Death Star exists, which is so perfectly fascist and amazing. Yeah, exactly. No, great movie. Yeah. Uh, it was funny that we were just supposed to be talking about the Mandalorian trailer, and we we spewed into our favorite Star Wars movies, but that's good. Yeah. And uh, but as I said, like that's just one ranking. I could probably go through and do another one that's like ranked on how like actual quality of the film and it would be totally different except for Rogue One would still be at the top um, <laughs> but it would be way different like it would be way different <laughs> alright but that's for another All right. time well for another time well anyway uh, that was another episode of uh, Could Be Better I'm Sam I'm Kyle and, and this I guess Could Be Better could yeah be you're better. right okay bye <laughs> <laughs>